just have to say first um, to the Farron family, uh, we will. I, I will and we will. So, beautiful. <laughs> you have our hearts today. Uh, the Old Testament reading this morning is going to be from chapter 7. We're going to start with verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Then we're going to go to verse chapter 9, verse 2 through 6. The people walking in the darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing their plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning. <clears throat> Excuse me, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Morning. Who knows what veggie tales are? I should, if you don't know, I'm so sorry. Your life is a little bit incomplete. Uh, well, you're going to get a little bit of an exposure to it this morning. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna start with a silly song. So, uh, you guys are now VeggieTale fans, right? I, I can tell that I have won you over. Uh, so I started with a silly song uh, because we are in a series about the songs of Advent, uh, and and I want to start by making you smile for a minute. Um, and you need to smile because I'm about to make you sad. Why, why you ask, am I about to make you sad? Uh, because I think it's important to deal with uh, all of our emotions. Uh, because I think unless you're uh, Larry the Cucumber, who is always happy, you have difficult feelings, you have difficult emotions in life. One of the, one of the things that I appreciate the most about the Bible uh, is that it, it is honest that we have difficulty, that we have pain in life. And, and sometimes I worry that Christianity doesn't do as well as the Bible uh, in being honest. Honest that we get disappointed with God. Honest that we even get angry with him at times. And so that's, that's where we're going to start this morning. A series on the songs of Advent that we find in the Psalms. And so I, th I think our journey is we're, is we're going to look at the songs of Advent. I want to start that journey uh, with lament. It sounds odd, I know, but I think it's a good place to start. How do we relate to God when our lives are in turmoil, when, when our hearts are broken? How do we relate to God when our hearts are broken? Let's pray together. Father, would you guide us in your word? Would you help us, help us to be honest, help us 
to know you, to be able to, to communicate with you honestly. Guide us as, as we, as we are together now in Christ's name. Amen. And so our passage this morning is Psalm 137. We're going to read verses one through six of that. By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our lyres, for there our captors required of us songs and our tormentors mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. So in 586 B.C., Judah was defeated by the Babylonians. Judah it was the, the nation of Israel that remained, and it was, it was the place that housed Jerusalem and the temple and, and all that we know. God had warned them that because of their disobedience, he would use uh, Babylon to discipline his people for their sins, for their evil actions. So Babylon destroyed Jerusalem. And when I say destroyed it, they didn't leave a stone on top of each other. They annihilated it. They tore down the walls. They tore the temple completely apart. The temple was the place where, where God had, had met his people, and, and, and now it's gone. And in the eyes of, of the Jews, their, their ability to talk to God, their ability to be in his presence is gone. They had lost Zion, the thing in their minds that was most precious to them. And so it's important to know as we read this psalm that, that when they talk about Zion, we're, we're talking about the presence of God. More than just a place, it was the presence of God. It was the symbol of a relationship with God. And so when, when Babylon wins, they, they kill many uh, in, in awful ways. They were, they were terrible to the Jews. And, and the survivors are taken away uh, by force. They're taken um, and, and forced to, to walk all the way back to, to Babylon. And we call this the captivity. And, and, and they are forced to work as slaves in, in the foreign land. So, so Babylon is... is usually identified as within the borders of the Tigris and Euphrates rivers, right? Uh, Modern-day Iraq. And, um, and, and there were canals all over. They had, they, they had built canals from these rivers to, to, to water the land. And so there's, there's canals all over Babylon. And uh, we know from history that the Jews would hold prayer services uh, by the rivers there as they mourned uh, the, the loss of their home, the loss of their relationship with God, the, the loss of his presence in Zion. It was all about the loss of God. And so, so the Babylonians had, had brought the Jews into, into captivity and, and they didn't treat them very well. The Babylonians were known for their cruelty and, um, and, and we can see from the Psalm and in other places that, um, they they would mock the Jews. They would they would mock them, and 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 they would say, "Hey, sing us of the songs of Zion." Right? This is this is not a nice thing to ask of the Jews. 
You can just kind of imagine them mocking. Tell us of how great your God was that we defeated, right? Sing us one of your happy songs of, of God and, and, uh, and how great he is. Making the Jews entertain them like, like court jesters, like court singers. And, and, and they say in this psalm, how can we sing about God in this place? How can we sing our cherished songs about God in ruin? How can we worship when everything is in tatters? We are in ruins. Everything that we know is gone. How could we possibly praise God? Does this sound familiar? Do you, do you ever feel like you are a captive living in a foreign land? Do you ever feel like your life is in ruins and the presence of God is nowhere to be found? I think we can all identify it at times to a psalm like this, a psalm of lament. Uh, one of my favorite bands is uh, named Switchfoot, and, and they, they, they sing a song called Where I Belong. And, and in the song it says this, it says, Until I die, I'll sing these songs on the shores of Babylon, still looking for a home in a world where I belong. Where the weak are finally strong, where the righteous right the wrongs. Still looking for a home in a world where I belong. We can all feel that at times, can't we? We can feel the words of a song like that, of a psalm like that. We wept by the, by the shores of, of the rivers of Babylon, wondering why aren't we home yet? But a psalm... A song like Switchfoot Writes could actually fit in the psalm we just read. It is a song of lament, and there are, there are many. But, but to understand why we're talking about songs of lament this morning, I need to tell you more about what it means to lament, what it, what it means in the Bible to lament. The, the Oxford Dictionary defines lament as a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. A passionate expression of grief or sorrow. But it, it is so much more than that in the Bible. Uh, German scholar Hermann Gunkel writes this. He says, in the lament, an individual worshiper cries out to Yahweh in time of need. The structure of these psalms includes first an invocation to Yahweh, then a complaint then a request for help, an expression of certainty that Yahweh will hear and answer the prayer, and in many cases, a vow to offer a thanksgiving sacrifice. You see, there is a structure, a, a, a cycle to lament. It, it is a, a pouring our guts out to God, telling him what is wrong, telling him how we feel, a, a request for help, and then this is the key. A realization that God keeps his promises. Lament is everywhere in the Bible. You can debate about it, but, but there are probably over 65 psalms of lament in the Bible. And, and, and so many more passages. And all, there's even a book called Lamentations, right? A book of just God crying out and complaining and telling God how bad things are. They're everywhere. Old Testament, New Testament, you can find laments all over. 
I find it fascinating that God gives us a Bible that is full of people complaining to God and being honest about their complaints. Do you find that interesting? It's almost like he, he really wants us to bring our whole selves to him. Not, not just the happy stuff, right? Not just sunshine and roses. As I've been reading about lament lately, it seems as though there is, there is a, a faith-building process that, 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 that takes place when, um, when, when, we're, we're, when we bring our, our stuff to him, our real stuff to him, that, that God brings healing and hope. If, if we're honest, if we're honest with him, there, there's, there's this process where healing and hope come. It, it, I, don't, I don't exactly understand it. But if we can be real with him, hope and healing will show up. And we need to learn how to lament well. The, the, the Christian church, especially in America, doesn't know how to lament very well. We, we don't lament well at all. We feel like it's unfaithful to say, life is so hard, I can't breathe right now. God, I don't understand what you're doing. Why do you seem so far from me? But that's everywhere in Scripture. It's a part of our faith journey. It's a part of maturing in Christ. We need to learn how to lament. And so here we are. We're, we're at the first Sunday of Advent, and it's the first Sunday after Thanksgiving. And, and I truly hope that you were able to give thanks to God this past week because there's so much to be thankful for. It is a it is part of the process as well of our faith journey to, to learn how to be thankful. But there's more, isn't there? There's more. More emotions, more feelings. Maybe you experienced it with family. Maybe you experienced it apart from family. I don't know. But there's more. There's more than just thanksgiving. You see, I th- I, I, we live in a world that is obsessed with escape. Obsessed with escape. And, 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 and I would argue that the products and the things that are sold to us all the time, nonstop, constantly, are about escape, right? Don't worry about life. Just, just veg out. Just Netflix, right? Just buy some new stuff. It'll make it better. We're obsessed with escape. To, to avoid pain and to, to just be, be happy or at least to numb, numb it away. This, this fallen world doesn't know what to do with pain. We don't, we don't know what to do with it. Let's just avoid it and ignore it. And it seems to me from, from my experience and, and, and watching the advertising around us that the, the world embraces Christmas, not because of Jesus, but because it's, it's just a way to ignore the pain for a little while, right? We can just have a month of pretending to be really happy. That, that's really what we've turned Christmas into in our world. Guys, I, I, let me just tell you, that is not the way of Scripture. That is not the way of Jesus. Jesus didn't come to ignore pain. Jesus came to do something about it. If we go back to, to what we read in our Old Testament readings in Isaiah, right? Right? It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son 
and shall call his name Emmanuel. You guys probably remember what Emmanuel means. It means God with us. God with us. Remember what we said just a little bit ago about about Zion being the place where God's presence was. And, And Zion gets destroyed. But guess what? Jesus is that now. Jesus is the place where we meet God. It is the place of God's presence. He is God's presence with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And in Isaiah 9, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Jesus comes to bring light to the darkness. He doesn't come to pretend there isn't darkness. And so that's why we start our journey this morning through, uh, through Advent with lament. Because there's a problem and God is going to do something about it. And we start with the problem. God wants all of us, including our pain, including our hurts, including the stuff that we don't want to tell other people about. God wants all of that. God has promised to do something about that pain, about that hurt, through the hope of Jesus, our Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. So I'm going to pray for us, and then after that, we're, we're going to get a chance to practice lament together. We're going to sing to our Emmanuel a song of lament. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful. You have given us so much. You are so good to us. And yet, and yet we live as refugees in a broken world that is not our home, longing, longing for, for what's next, longing for what is to come. And we see the worst of humanity displayed before us every day. And we live it, we experience it, we know it. And Father, we just hurt. You came to do something about it. Father, would you help us to be honest with you? Would you help us to take our our brokenness, our sadness, our confusion, our anger and frustration to bring all of it to you? And you, we know that you can take all of that and somehow remind us that you keep your promises. And so that's what we celebrate today, the start of Advent, a God who keeps his promises. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand and sing together?